With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Giants fans, I'm joined now by Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain as we look ahead to to Monday night's Giants-Steelers season opener. Jeff, thank you very, very much for coming on. How you doing today? Doing great, Ed. Uh, I'm really excited for football, just any football. I mean, it's going to be a long wait until Monday night, but I'm just excited for football. Thanks for having me. I hear you, and thanks for coming on. It's as we record this, it's it's Thursday. We got a, seems like, long wait for for giant Steelers. you know i as as much as i appreciate the national spotlight i always hate waiting and waiting and waiting all weekend and waiting all day monday you know for for basically what winds up being you know this week it'll be part of a doubleheader but it winds up being you know the last game of the week i hate waiting that long I'm the same way. I kind of feel, especially in week one, you feel like if you were a kid at Christmas time and you have to sit there and watch everyone else open your presents and you're not going to get to open yours until the day after. That's exactly what it feels like. You're, you're watching all these football games on Sunday and you're thinking, man, I just want to watch my team play and you got to wait. Now, thankfully, I know you're like me. You have to cover the team. I'm, I'm thankful for the 710 start or 715, whatever it is. Because those those become some late nights when it's an eight twenty. I, I hate those games. Oh, you and me both, and and I am fortunate enough this year that that I'll be able to cover the game on Monday night. I'll be able to be in the stadium in the press box covering the game, and and like you said, thank God it's a thank God it's fairly early because I don't want to make the drive home. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I, I really don't, but. Uh, 
you know, so, so thank goodness, thank goodness it's an early start. But so let's, let's talk a little bit about Giants Steelers and, and I have to start with, with this. I look at the Giants and the Giants with Joe Judge are at a beginning. Now they're one of the, you know, one of the original NFL franchises. They're a historic, you know, NFL franchise, just like the Steelers are, but they've had three coaches in five years. They haven't been good for a while. I look at the Steelers, you know, with, with, I think Mike Tomlin's been there since 2007. Yeah. I mean, does this sort of feel like, like, like maybe the, to me, it seems like an, an interesting opening simply because of where the two franchises are. I look at the Steelers as a team that that maybe with all that stability and I think it's only one Super Bowl title in Tomlin's time, but I look at them almost as the the target or the model for for what Joe Judge would like to build. You know, in, in New York. So, I mean, does this seem like just, just an interesting juxtaposition of, of teams to start the season for you? It is because just when you said that they, that the Giants have had three coaches in the last five years. That's correct. That is what you said, right? Right. The Steelers have had three head coaches since 1969. And so when it's, I guess when you think about, you know, the consistency there and, you know, all, all the, I've always viewed the Giants, let me put it this way. I've always viewed the Giants as extremely similar or parallel to the Steelers when it comes to the way that they want to build their team. That's through the draft. They typically are not the team that's going to be free agent frenzy crazy. And they're going to be a team that's going to want the consistency. Uh, they're family owned with the Maras and the Roonies. We all know those stories and they actually link together in more than one ways, but ultimately it seems like now I don't understand what changed with the Giants. The Steelers' MO can, continues to be their MO, and they've continued to do business the way that they always have. I don't recognize this Giants team anymore, and that's from a front office standpoint all the way down to the players. I did a podcast this morning previewing the game tomorrow, and I literally on air without anything in front of me tried to list just 10 players on the roster. Couldn't do it. It just seems like a long time since the Justin Tuck, Michael Strahan, Eli Manning, Tiki Barber, all, the, all those, all those teams that were so known. It just seems like they're very far away from where they once were. And I don't mean just from a championship standpoint, but from an organizational standpoint. And I speak as an outsider that really has no interest or care in the world about that organization. Oh, you're, you're killing me though with the stroll down memory lane. <laughs> but I, I think that, that you're absolutely right. And I think that, that in Pittsburgh, you know, the Steelers have obviously been fortunate. You talked about with the three head coaches. Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, and now Mike Tomlin. I do think you're absolutely right that the Giants want to be that. They've always pictured themselves as a stable, conservative type of franchise. Tom Coughlin was there for, you know, for, for a decade or so as, as head coach and, and had a lot of success. And I, and I honestly think that really what happened with the Giants you know, was in my view, you know, Jerry Reese did a nice job early in his tenure as, as general manager when he took over from Ernie Accorsi. And then it sort of fell off the rails for, for Jerry for whatever reason. He, he had a string of, of poor draft choices before, you know, losing his job to Dave Gettleman. 
And then what happened to the way I look at it is the Giants made two mistakes in coaching hires. They, they, they made a mistake in Ben McAdoo, which they quickly recognized. And they made another mistake with Pat Shermer, which again, they, they pretty quickly recognized. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully third time is the charm because you're absolutely right. You know, John Mara has said a few times, we've lost some respect, you know, around, you know, around football. We've lost some respect because we're not what we used to be. And as you said, people don't recognize what, what the Giants ha- have become. So I, I guess. I guess to, to ask a question instead of make a speech here, when you, when, when you look at, when you look at Mike Tomlin, I think he's been there since 2007 and it looks like he's going to be there at this point until he decides he doesn't want to be. Yep. Has, has, has there ever come a point where you thought the Steelers might or might have to move on from Tomlin? That's a really difficult question because it, if you were to poll the the Steelers fan base, you would probably be split 50-50. There's a lot of fans. I'm one of them. I like Mike Tomlin. I think he's a motivator. And I think that in, in, in the professional sports in general across the landscape, I feel like motivators are not as common as they once were. And you think about the great coaches, whether it's Lombardi or if you want to go into other sports with Phil Jackson with the Bulls, they knew how to motivate even the best players. And Mike Tomlin is cut from that cloth. And I have always appreciated that. Does he have his warts? Absolutely. Then again, show me a coach that doesn't, and I'll, I, I would be stunned if you tell me there's anyone. Even Bill Belichick has issues. He's not the best drafter. You know, I mean, he, he gets the most out of his team, but at the same time, he does have his own issues. I think Mike Tomlin is reaching the point, though, in his career where He's been doing it a long time. You were right, since 2007. But the Roonies are, they're patient to a point. that They need to see results. Okay, he's missed the playoffs the last two seasons. He's never had a losing record, which is amazing. He's had eight and eight. That's the worst he's ever done since 2007. And um, I think that this is the year, especially with the expanded playoffs, that if, they, if he misses the playoffs, he could be in trouble. I'm not saying he's going to get fired, but he's definitely going to be put on notice. And also, I, th- I look at him as a family man, and his son is now playing. His oldest son is playing football for the University of Maryland, and I could see them be. I could see it very quickly, maybe in the next three to four years. Tomlin saying, "Okay, I'm just done," and Bill Cowher did the same thing. Next year, he'll have equ- equaled Bill Cowher's time in Pittsburgh as the head coach. I, I could see him being saying, yeah, "I, I want to go and see my sons play football." He'd probably be have multiple offers from multiple television stations wanting him to get on the air because he's such a good speaker. Um, I don't know. You know, like I said, I like Tomlin, but there's a lot of people that don't. And so there's a lot of people that would say they want Tomlin gone for a multitude of reasons. So there's two sides of the coin. I suppose that it's like anything else, you know, familiarity, you know, breeds contempt a little bit. People see the warts and refuse to, to let go of them. I just know that if Tomlin were to step aside at whatever point in the next couple of years, we would have a, a sort of Bill Cower situation where for the next 10 or 12 years, his name pops up with every yep. coaching opening that, that comes along. Absolutely. And I guarantee, I always tell people, if you get rid of a coach, would someone covet that coach? So if the Steelers were to fire Mike Tomlin, would Mike Tomlin be coveted amongst probably 
28 to 29 other NFL organizations in the NFL? You ask me, that's a resounding yes. And so you have to ask yourself, why would we want to get rid of that if it's still viewed as, as a commodity amongst the rest of the leagues in terms of the, the organizational help that he would provide? So when you look at it that way, I don't, I think the Steelers would be foolish to let him go. If he chooses to walk away, that's a different story. Right. So let's, uh, Jeff, let's, let's turn the topic away from, from the head coach. Let's talk about, about the quarterback a little bit. And it's interesting because w- when I talk about the Steelers, when I write about the Steelers over the years, it's always been compare Ben Roethlisberger to Eli Manning. Well, you know, obviously we can't do that anymore because Eli has, Eli chose to retire and, you know, which, which I supported. I'm glad that I'm glad to see Eli having played only as a New York Giant. I, I find it weird that, that Philip Rivers is is now a member of, of the of the Colts. I find it weird that Tom Brady is is playing in Tampa Bay. So I'm glad that Eli chose to to end his career as a New York Giant. But what I really want to focus on, on Roethlisberger missed last year, had what I believe was Tommy John surgery to reconstruct his elbow, played only two games last year, excuse me. What are the expectations for him? Does does it sound like he's completely healthy? Does it sound like like there's any worry about that elbow and about how much he'll be able to throw and and whether he'll be able to to make any of the any of the longer throws any of the the deep throws that that really require you know having some zip on the ball I think that there's always anytime you have a thrower whether it's a pitcher or a quarterback anytime you have a thrower undergo any type of surgery to their throwing arm upon their return there's going to be hesitation there's going to be concern and there's going to be a heightened sense of what's going to happen. Now, so far, throughout training camp at Heinz Field, which they had to have it at Heinz Field this year, um, Roethlisberger has proven time and time again that he is capable of making every single throw that a quarterback at the NFL level would need to make and at a high level. And that's something that he spoke about to the press, but he also spoke to teammates and others about how he wasn't going to come back if he wasn't going to be able to come back and be 100%. Now. The one thing to keep in mind with this elbow injury is, yes, he did have surgery. It wasn't quite Tommy John. I'm not sure the exact difference, but it was close enough. We'll just say that. He has spoken about how this elbow injury, not to the severity of what it was, had been lingering for years. And so we saw since Mike Wallace's departure, that's probably a good watermark for this, Roethlisberger used to own the deep ball. It was one of the best throws in his arsenal. And all of a sudden, it just started waning a little bit. He wasn't getting the same oomph on the throw. His accuracy was off. Don't be surprised if that wasn't a little bit because of the elbow. And then finally, last last year, 2019 in Week 2 against Seattle, right before halftime, a deep ball to Juju Smith-Schuster, and it goes. Like, it just pops. And he tore a lot of the flexors right off the elbow, and that was it. He said that he actually doesn't have any discomfort anymore when he throws the football since having his elbow surgically repaired. And it's probably because they were repaired some of the damage that had already been existing there before. So I know Kevin Colbert, the general manager, spoke openly about how he felt that Ben could come back and be better and stronger than what he was before. And the fans kind of scoffed at that, saying that's just, you know, poppycock and that's just jargon and that's him towing the company line. But 
Come to find out that might actually be true. I think Roethlisberger is going to be nervous. He said that he's going to be nervous. He's going to have a lot of pregame jitters, something that he probably hasn't had in a really long time considering that 2004 draft class. But from an arm strength standpoint, I don't think there's anything left for him to check off the to-do list before week one. He needs to take a hit. That's a, he says, I want to get hit. I want to get popped so that I know I'm back. The game will kind of fall back into rhythm, and then he'll be able to move on. That's really the last thing he has to do. All right, interesting. We'll be looking forward to seeing uh, to seeing just how much zip he does actually have on the ball on Monday night. So, uh, but we'll see how that goes. It's uh, I know Pittsburgh fans are are thrilled that that they're not watching you know Mason Rudolph and and whoever else try to play quarterback. Yeah, Devlin Hodges or Duck as they called him with the third string. I mean, that was it was brutal to watch because you had. A, Two rookies, essentially. Devlin Hodges was an undrafted rookie. Mason Rudolph didn't even dress a game his rookie year. So he had zero experience and outside of the preseason, mind you. And you could just tell that above the neck is where the Steelers lack. They couldn't check out of plays. Um, they, they just couldn't read the defense well. The, in terms of actual X's and O's, they were running mirrored routes. And so, <laughs> that's like high school football stuff. And it, it was just, it was tough to watch. It really was difficult. They, they averaged 18.8 game points per game last season and didn't even hit the 30 point mark once. That's how bad it was. So yeah, Steeler fans are excited. <laughs> there you go. So let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the other side of the ball, about the, uh, the Pittsburgh defense. Now, obviously, Steelers fans are accustomed to really, really good defense going back, you know, obviously going back to, to the Chuck Knoll era, uh, going back all the way to, uh, to, to Joe Green and, and all of those guys. Just when you look at this Pittsburgh defense, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree coming off the edges, Minka Fitzpatrick in the back, how good is this defense? I think they're very good, and they're so different than any of the other eras that you mentioned. You talk about the Steel Curtain of the 70s. You talk about Blitzburg in the 90s with Greg Lloyd and Kevin Green and, and Rod Woodson, and Carnell Lake was a part of that group. You even talk about the early 2000s with James Harrison, Lamar Woodley, um, James Ferrier, and, and Larry Foote in the middle, Troy Palomalu and Ryan Clark. The one thing that this defense has, and I mean from defensive line all the way back to safety, is athleticism. They are freakishly athletic. And it, they don't have... I, I guess if someone were to ask me, what is a modern-day defense in the today, 2020 NFL, what should it look like? I think it would be pretty close to what Pittsburgh deploys. They're so athletic with guys like Watt. Watt's not your atypical pass rusher. He, he doesn't have that build. He's just ridiculously technical with his game. Dupree is a freak athlete opposite him. Let's not sleep on Cam Hayward and Stefan Tuitt in the middle. Uh, Devin Bush is an up-and-coming star, I believe, at inside linebacker in his second year. Everyone knows about Minka Fitzpatrick and what he brings to the Steelers' defense. And then you have two lockdown corners in Hayden and Nelson. They are sideline-to-sideline speed. They are extremely versatile, and they do several things very well, but the best is getting after the quarterback and wreaking havoc. And last year they led the NFL in takeaways. They were, I think, second or third in sacks. This team might struggle against the run, which is an interesting facet going into week one. But other than that, they don't have many weak spots, I'll tell you that. 
Oh, so I guess maybe we should just cry mercy right now and, and, no, and no. forget about Monday night. So no actually, way. Let's, no way. Let, let me do this. Obviously, you and I did a – we traded five questions this yes. week, which is something we always do. And I did not ask you to make a prediction, uh, and I'm not going to ask you to do that here either because – Let's face it. You know, you're going to pick the Steelers to win. I'm probably going to pick the Giants to win. Although, you know, sh- I did not do that when I <laughs> when I made my picks this week using the uh, the the tally site app that SB Nation sites are are now using to to make predictions. I actually picked the Steelers to win. So, you know, my 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 Giants fans out there, you know, just. Sorry guys, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sorry guys. I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you a snow job. I'm gonna give you what I really think. But what I want to ask you is set up this game a little bit if you can. Is there anything, you know, if, if you're looking at this game, just tell me why you think the Steelers are gonna win this game. And if the Giants are able to pull an upset, and we did we did talk about this a little bit in our five questions, if they're able to pull an upset, what is it that the Giants might be able to exploit to get that done? So I know that I did a whole podcast by myself on our morning show that's gonna it's gonna be out on Friday morning about how this game is not gonna be a cakewalk for the Steelers. Uh, I pump up the defense. Because the defense is really good. But at the same time, if there is a weak link for the defense, it is in the running game. And they lose Javon Hargrave, their nose tackle and free agency to the Eagles. And now they really don't have that stalwart in the middle. They don't use that position that much, but they still just... Saquon Barkley is the key. There's two keys, in my opinion, for the Giants to upset the Steelers. They have to play a clean brand of football, but they need to run the football well. If they can set up Daniel Jones for third manageable, that's where he's going to thrive. That's where every quarterback's going to thrive. You set up third and long, you're in trouble. And that's just fact, especially with the Steelers and the way that they get after the passer, especially against the Giants' offensive line, which I know that their bookend tackles are not necessarily someone played. I wouldn't, I wouldn't write home about them. We'll put it that way. Um, on the other side of the ball, if the Steelers start to turn it over, that's how you lose this game. That's how the Steelers lose this game, and they've done it before, whether it's Roethlisberger, whether it was Rudolph and Hodges last year. It doesn't matter who's a quarterback. If they fumble the ball, if they turn it over with interceptions, special teams turnovers are killers. Anytime they decide they're going to cough the ball up in some way, shape, or form and give extra possessions to the opposition, and if you combine that with Saquon Barkley having success running the football, especially on first and second downs, the Steelers are going to be in for a dogfight. I do think the Steelers win this game, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I would be stunned if the Steelers win by more than a touchdown. I'll put it that way. But I do think the Steelers win the game. Well, we'll both look forward to Monday night, Jeff. You know, thank you very, very much for, for coming on. Folks, check out Behind the Steel Curtain for all of your Steelers needs. And, and Jeff, just one request before I let you go. You know, please, you know, pass along the memo to TJ Watt to keep his hands to himself on Monday night. <laughs> Leave Daniel Jones alone. You know, pretend he's got the red jersey on and he just just run by him. You know, just, just let him leave. Let him leave Jones alone. <laughs> I don't know if he'll do that. I don't think he's going to listen. He's a pretty fierce competitor. <laughs> oh, Jeff, thank you very much for coming on. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. 
Please remember to subscribe to all of our different shows here on Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over a 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.